SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. Five past six it is. Hilton Tarrant with you on the Market Update this Tuesday evening. First up, as always, Google it to Mfupi has your business news. And this in business today is brought to you by Westbank. If you need an instant answer to your business asset finance application, then apply online at westbank.co.za. Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. Anglo-American Platinum has extended by a week union talks on plans to cut 6,000 jobs, allowing time for workers to leave voluntarily. Negotiations will be extended till the 16th of August, which is the deadline for staff to apply for voluntary, voluntary redundancy. According to a Labour representative, about 2,800 workers have already applied for retrenchment packages. An Asia-focused bank, Standard Chartered, took a $1 billion hit on the value of its Korean business today, dragging down its first half profit by 16%. The UK-listed bank, which makes more than 90% of its profit in Asia, Africa and the Middle East, says markets remain challenging and reiterated that it will miss its usual target of 10% in revenue growth. A look at the market performance and the JSEO share index has ended the day off in the red today, down by half a percent at 41,574 points. The rand's trading at 9 rand 90 to the US dollar, 15.20 to the pound and 13.17 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,286 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $108 and the platinum price at $1,423 an ounce. Thanks, Google. This in business today is was brought to you by Westbank. If you need an instant answer to your business asset finance application, then apply online at westbank.co.za. What would an instant answer to an asset finance application mean for your construction business? Could it be the difference between building and shaping, or just sitting and waiting? Apply for business asset finance at westbank.co.za and get an instant answer. T's and C's apply. West Bank. We know how. A division of First Rand Bank Limited, an authorized financial services and credit provider. Or speak to your affiliated dealer. Millions of people in Africa have limited access to a bank, but almost everyone has a cell phone. So if the people can't come to the bank, bring the bank to the people. Standard Bank is using mobile technology from SAP to do just that. Now almost anyone can pay bills and even buy groceries, all from a cell phone. Standard Bank has a vision of inclusive banking and SAP is helping to make it happen. Find out how SAP can help your business run like never before at sap.com forward slash Standard Bank. Eight minutes past six, David Shapiro of Sassman with us in studio. David, the market up, in fact the market down half a percent. What I was going to say is two stocks at fresh (laughs) record highs, NASPARS. Up over two percent at eight hundred and thirty-four rand ninety. Mm. Richmond through the hundred rand mark and closing above hundred rand mm. at a hundred rand and fourteen cents. Up two percent. Those are very and very. Another big one moves. is also. I don't know if you picked that up. Have a look. There was MTN. Mm. I think over a hundred and ninety. Those were the only three that I picked up that went up. Otherwise, everything was down. And it was again the story of good news and bad news. You know, American trade numbers came through. Um, their deficit is shrinking. It's now from 10% of uh, GDP at the end of 2009. It's now down about half a percent. I'm uh, sorry, five and a half percent. And the reason is imports are are lower. Uh, not only oil, not only oil, but uh, also exports were up much greater than the market was expecting. So um, it also suggests there that 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 uh, growth 
is much stronger in, in the U.S. than um, they even published, you know, that 1.7%. They reckon it's much higher than that. So what does it lead to? Worries about uh, tapering. Worries that rates are going to go up there. So markets come down. Gold comes down. Platinum comes down. Funny enough, the dollar didn't come down. The dollar actually, <laughs> the, the, the dollar actually weakened against the euro. And that's because better news came out of the euro, which I think uh, cheered the market. So overall, uh, uh, not a good day for stocks, but uh, that was the background. And with gold coming down, platinum coming down, oil also eased off a bit. Uh, it, it knocked our, gold, our uh, mining market. Anchor Gold Ashanti at a fresh uh, 52-week low, 121 rand 98 cents. Anglo-American itself down over 3%. We saw BHP Billiton about 1% softer on the day. David, uh, Australia cutting rates this morning. That was unexpected. Well, it's uh, not, not the rate that they cut. Hmm. Uh, I think they were expecting it to go slower. But this is ahead of an election. I think the Australian economy under severe pressure as the mining boom comes to an end. And I don't think they've got a plan B there. <laughs> I think they thought this was going to continue indefinitely. And you know that the previous uh, Julia, Gillard, uh, Julia Gillard was after mining taxes, etc. And they thought this was going to be an ever-ending boom. Suddenly, I think house prices coming down in Perth and uh, you know, unemployment picking up there and so on. So I think Australia's got issues. Um, I'm not sure how the the Australian dollar is performing, but I would imagine it's starting to come down. The only thing that's not coming down there is property prices in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, as you probably keep a very close eye on, on property and, and, prices and, and, in Sydney. I, I challenge anybody to have a meal in Sydney and afford it. It's uh, If someone else pulls out their credit card, let them pay. Avenge David Construction mm. Group uh, still lower today, 2.6% uh. lower. It dropped significantly yesterday following that... Uh, that trading update. I, I, think, I think the market picking up on what this means, and you saw Stefanuti's result out as well today, mm. also just pointing to weakness and uh, in the whole sector. And there's no hint that anything's going to pick up. But I think there are also structural issues there in 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 Avenge and Grinica LTA. It's never really picked up. Uh, the mining side did well, and also on the steel side. So I think. You know, one, Hilton, I can never work out, uh, um, and it's something, unless you go into it in, in a lot greater detail and, and do an in-depth analysis, who's to blame? Is it, you know, could management have foreseen this, or is it, uh, is it you know, are there conditions that are, the, is it the conditions that are really acting against it? News up on MoneyWeb uh, just uh, over an hour ago. Pick and Pay is cutting middle management staff from clerks to senior management are able to apply for voluntary retrenchment. I spoke with Sasha Planting about an hour ago and asked her about the details. This is the second uh, retrenchment process that Pick and Pay has gone through. The first one was almost exactly two years ago, and that involved that was a very painful process and involved about 3,000 staff. But they didn't tackle head office staff at the time. So this process is now looking at the head office's and the regional head offices. Um, they haven't said how many people it involves, but they have said that the, the structures are bloated. And what's happened is that the company has undergone considerable restructuring over the last oh, number of years. And uh, so they've really done away with um, middle management jobs. It was a decentralized structure. And what's happened is that they have centralized a number of functions, buying, procurement, head office-related um, things like human resources. 
have all been centralized. So, so really there's a surplus of jobs, and that's what they're looking at. That's MoneyWeb, Sasha planting there. David, the uh, stock down 3% today, not uh, out of line with the rest of the market. ShopRite also softer, about 2.6% softer, below 160. And at these levels... Starting to look attractive. Starting to look yeah, very attractive. Yeah. I think you don't have to rush it. You know, let this, let it, uh, the downward momentum continue. And I think the same with pick and pay. I think everybody's edging to get into it as a turnaround stock. But I... Uh, in this kind of market where, the, you know, where there's heavy momentum pushing share prices down, just sit back. You know, you'll, 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 get, you'll get a clear enough signal when things uh, pick up. And I think it's going to be more economic in a, yeah, than anything else. When you start to feel better about the economy and spending, that will be the time. ShopRite results is out in exactly two weeks from now, and I wonder if the share price is going to be higher than it is today or, or lower by the time those results come out in two weeks' time. I, I would imagine probably uh, where it is at the moment, give or take, you know, three. That's not a nice. No, I know, but I'm, I, I don't think you know. Each day something can happen that pushes it up two percent or three percent, pulls it back three percent. I don't think there's going to be the hockey stick turnaround yet. You know, it's 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 some time to come. Almost quarter past six, you're on the market update. Today's top story is brought to you by MTN Business. While the second of the big four banks to report results, Nedbank missed analyst expectations slightly because of an additional bad debt provision in its business banking unit. Results for the first six months of the year to the end of June showed headline earnings up 13.3%. Diluted headline earnings per share up 12.6%. With return on equity better at 14.6%. Earlier, I spoke with Chief Executive Mike Brown and put it to him that while the rate of growth was slower than last year, it remained a solid set of numbers. I think that's a very good summary. You know, we thought it was a solid performance in a difficult and volatile environment. We were expecting growth to slow, but to be able to show 13% earnings growth and a dividend up nearly 15% is a very respectable outcome. Mike, the credit loss ratio, 1.31%. If you look at that in context, if you look at that versus last year and perhaps the year before, did we reach the bottom of the cycle last year? So certainly we were hoping for a better outcome than 1.31% in the first six months. We were sitting at 1.22% in our first quarter trading update, and we were hoping for a better performance in the second quarter. But there's two things really driving that. Firstly, in our personal loans portfolio, we have become much more conservative in our provisioning methodologies, and we've added to both portfolio and specific provisions in that. And secondly, we had a single uh, 180 million rand impairment in our business banking business in the month of June. That 180 million rand, is that related to the, uh, the first strat uh, potential default? That's exactly right. You know, our, our total bank loans to the first strat group of companies secured by assets and invoices sat at around 240 million rand which we think is about 10% of the total banking industry and asset management exposure to these collection of businesses. We have security of about 40 million rand in cash, so that leaves us at net 200 million, and we've raised a 90% provision against that because we think it's going to be a very drawn-out and complicated liquidation process, and our security might be worth a lot less uh, by, by the time that that is finished. Mike, had it not been for that, for that single impairment charge uh, in business banking, where would that ratio, that, that credit loss ratio, have been? So the number that you quoted at 1.31% would have been sitting at 
If we zoom out and we look at the broader economy, when the economy does well, companies, especially banks, do well. How would you describe the, uh, the macro environment at, at the moment? I think difficult and volatile is probably the best way of describing it. You know, we've got around 2% GDP growth in our forecasts for this year, and we've been at, at that level uh, in our forecast for the last six months. Um, so slower growth out there, but also volatile. And we saw that, for example, when um, Chairman Bernanke mentioned that tapering word. We mm-hmm. saw that really reflect, reverberate in, in bond prices, foreign exchange prices, and equity prices around the world. And we saw our bond market spike nearly 200 basis points. Your overall customer base growing by 10% uh, in the six months, 6.4 million on the retail side of things, 6.2 million. You've added almost a million customers in the the past 12 months. Are you confident that you're going to be able to sustain that rate of growth? I ask this because the market is surely not growing by 10% a year. So I wish my rounding was the same as yours. We've added 570,000 customers, which is a big uh, ask to round that up to a million. Uh, But certainly we've been very pleased with 10% customer growth. We do think that it's reflective of the ongoing investment that we've made in the Nedbank brand, in building our distribution and in our client value propositions. We don't forecast customer growth going forward, but it's going to be tough to maintain double-digit customer growth, and we're going to have to run some. I did mean over, over the 12 months, uh, so, so these, these six months and, and the six months before that. The non-interest revenue up 15.4% in the period, 9.5 billion rand. That across the group in the retail space, non-interest revenue up by 10.2%. This, of course, made up of, of commissions, fees, bank charges. This rate of growth, is that, is that the kind of number you'll be looking at going forward? So certainly for the full year, we think that we're probably going to get early double-digit growth. Um, we did benefit in the first six months for, from some fair value gains, which are lower quality income and harder to forecast. So the, the sort of base non-interest revenue was up 12.5%. I think that's a very strong performance, and it enabled us to achieve for the first time our 85% NIR to expenses target, which has been a really important strategic milestone for us. Today you also announced a, an alliance with the Bank of China. What does this cooperation give you? So it really cements a long-standing relationship that we've had with the Bank of China. We've been respective correspondent bankers for many years, and all we're looking to do here is enable their clients who are looking to increasingly do business and invest in Africa to the extent that Bank of China can't provide those services on the ground in Africa. They would look to Nedbank to do that. And similarly, as our customers do business with the Asian continent, we would be looking to the Bank of China where we can't provide those services. So it really is just the cementing of a very long-standing existing relationship. Mike, just your outlook for the the final six months of the financial year? So I think that the economic environment is going to remain difficult and volatile, so it's hard to forecast, but we remain confident of meeting our full-year earnings targets of growing diluted headline earnings per share by CPI plus GDP plus 5. Well, there you go, David Shapiro, Mike Brown of Nedbank. Had it not been for First Strut and that disaster mm-hmm. which is busy unfolding there but uh, under liquid, provisional liquidation. As you were saying, and you know, if you look at that, if, if two, what was it, 250 million was 10%, it's 2.5 billion. Mm. 240 million Nedbank's loan um, with that 180 million rand impairment. Impairment, that's huge. I mean, this is a huge, huge loss to the banks. So I suppose you're going to see it coming through. I didn't think it would register as badly as it did uh, on Nedbank. 
It just shows you how, how, how these can affect, you know, how one big collapse can affect them. And credit loss ratio, David, mm. going from uh, what would have been a normalized 1.24, mm. which was very much in line with, with where they were at the end of the mm. first quarter, to 1.31. I, That's big. I, I, normalized, normalized is normally below one. <laughs> so, you know, historically, I mean, if mm. you go to a historical number, so it gives you an idea of just how householders are, are battling. But I think, um, they are making a lot of headway, you know, you can see it. So they are eating somebody else's breakfast or lunch or something and uh, by, by grabbing customers because I don't think the economy really points towards a huge increase of, uh, of, of new banking people. So you can only grow in this kind of mm. economy at someone else's expense and they seem to be doing it. Well, the bank has uh, surplus mm. capital. They won't be following the absolute of declaring a special dividend. Instead, Nedbank is going to deploy that capital uh, it has rights to acquire up to 20% mm. of, of ETI, the, the parent of Echo Bank, uh, and that window opens in November this year, closes in November next year, so they have to be but they're fairly big without so they're fairly big there without making a noise about it. Mm. I mean, we're not going to be Ned Bank Bank of Africa, what? Echo, Echo Bank, <laughs> e- Echo Net, Echo. Ned Echo. Okay. Well, today's top story was brought to you by MTN Business. With MTN Business ERP, you get a complete overview of your business operations at any given time. So your shelves can tell you when they're empty. And because it's hosted in the cloud, it's a lot more affordable to get a full resource planning system powered by SAP. Visit mtnbusiness.co.za for more info. Welcome to the new world of business. This business bulletin is brought to you by the Tourism Grading Council of South Africa, the only officially recognized quality assurance organization for accommodation and conferencing establishments. John Lewis is Household and Property Sector Strategist at FNB. John, you track prices and trends in your house price index and property barometer. Along with this, you've regularly provided insights into segments of the property market. This month, you've published data on the prices of houses in the former or traditional township areas of the major metros. How did the prices in these areas uh, compare to the broader metro markets, which obviously are primarily made up of, of traditional suburbs? Milton, if we just look just recently in the second quarter, that's the most recent data point, they inflating slightly ahead of the overall uh, urban markets, so the, the major metros township markets, 8.4% year-on-year up, um, and our overall major metro index, 6.3%, which also includes the townships that is more dominated by the former white suburban markets. So not too much in it at the moment. There have been times, there was a time in about 2006 where uh, township price growth was about 50% and well in excess of what the suburbs were. So um, it has been playing catch-up, this market, since about around about 2006. Overall, I think it's safe to say it has, has, has out-inflated the, the suburban markets off a low base. Now it's mildly over-inflated or out, outperforming the suburban markets, but not, not, a, not too much in it at the moment. A little more cyclical as well. Uh, the peaks higher, the troughs lower when compared to, to the broader metros? It is. I think that's a function. The township markets are still the most affordable markets in the country, so it's lower-skilled um, labor, and I think that um, their job opportunities are more cyclical. I think they possibly got, that group got hit harder by the retrenching cycle during the recession. 
Um, and I think they're all also more credit dependent or home loan dependent. Um, and so interest rate cycles and access to credits play, play an important role. So back in um, 2008 uh, or 2009, um, township prices, according to our estimates, declined by 15.1%, whereas the major metros were only at minus 4.5%. So they tend to hit a lower troughs uh, in the bad times and, and come back more strongly in the better times. John, what is the price band of, of these houses that you're tracking in these former uh, township areas? What would be an average transaction price? The average uh, estimated price is 282000 roughly. So that gives you an idea. It is still the very low end of the market, very affordable. Uh, and I think that's what... Um, I mean that that was what the attraction it became attractive therefore around about 2006 after a considerable period of of strong house price inflation um, in prior years in the, in the suburban markets which made them almost unaffordable to to a lot of um, new emerging uh, middle class entrants perhaps and so there was a bit of a search for affordability or quite a big search for affordability should I say around township areas and new affordable housing developments and that then um, boosted these price inflation rates. John Lewis is Household and Property Sector Strategist at FNB. This business bulletin was brought to you by the Tourism Grading Council of South Africa making accommodation choices easy for travellers. Visit tourismgrading.co.za now. Uh, excuse me, sir. The masseuse is ready for you. Ah, good man, Jeffrey. Uh, can you get me two tins of beluga and a bottle of that exquisite French champagne? Uh, sorry, sir, but the kitchen is closed. Perhaps some potato crisps? Warm soda? Sorry, the ice ran out. What? No. Well, what's the matter, dear? What's wrong? Oh, I had the most horrible nightmare. The hotel didn't have 24-hour room service. Oh, no. Don't let this happen to your customers. Help them sleep comfortably knowing they're staying in a star-graded establishment. Visit tourismgrading.co.za to find out how to get graded. Millions of people in Africa have limited access to a bank, but almost everyone has a cell phone. So if the people can't come to the bank, bring the bank to the people. Standard Bank is using mobile technology from SAP to do just that. Now almost anyone can pay bills and even buy groceries all from a cell phone. Standard Bank has a vision of inclusive banking and SAP is helping to make it happen. Find out how SAP can help your business run like never before at sap.com forward slash Standard Bank. Chris Gilmore is with Ad3 Investments. Chris, uh, the Cash World fourth quarter trading update uh, out this morning. Uh, the company providing guidance on sales for the quarter as well as for the half year and indeed for the full year. Muted growth for the year despite uh, the opening of, of four new stores during the period. Yes, it's disappointing from a company that up until very recently had provided in certain instances explosive growth. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's in an area that I remember going uh, quite a few years ago when Pat Goldrick, the former CEO, uh, gave the presentations. You know, he talked about the sheer physical size of this industry. We're talking about, you know, a tens of billions of rands uh, industry. So I think there's still an awful lot left in it. But um, I think these results do suggest that comp- the competitive environment is, is getting tougher. And, you know, when you look at the gross profit margins being squeezed, uh, even although we're, we're getting a little bit of an improvement in that blip in the fourth quarter, it's, it's not sending out a great message. And I think it just further endorses the view that retailing generally at this point in time is, is very, very tough. Chris, what do you make of that blip in the fourth quarter? 8% growth in sales uh, in the 13 weeks. Uh, 3% of that from new stores, 5% from existing stores. That's an awful lot better than what this group has, has been achieving in the three quarters before this. 
Absolutely. It's suggesting there is a bit of a turnaround coming, coming, coming through here. I mean, we're talking about, what, 200 stores in total around the country and in the neighboring, uh, neighboring states. And it's suggesting that perhaps in, in maybe some of the rural areas, for example, we're seeing a better situation eventuating. Um, but, you know, it's, it's difficult to make that conclusion um, authoritatively without uh, getting a, you know, a further update from the company. But it is heartening to see that um, you know, you're getting some actual organic growth coming through. That's Chris Gilmore there of Absa Investments. David, that, that uh, update from Cashflow, very, very muted. Mm. And it's, uh, it, it was one area of the market we thought was bulletproof that would continue to grow as people came out, you know, as a rural area has developed, but it's not coming through. And I think the last, almost the last year of results have been uh, under what the market expected. It's a good company. You know, it's always been well run, and I think just circumstances acting against it at the moment. Well, it was a day where the JSE ended down 0.55%, 41,574 points on the all share. We're seeing U.S. markets lower at the start. The rand is at 991 against the dollar. Gold, $1,286 an ounce. This has been the SAFA Market Update with MoneyWeb, and I leave you with this thought that if Jeff Bezos spent $250 million to buy the Washington Post, that's only $50 million more and Dr. Iqbal Survey's second JALO consortium spent on independent newspapers here in South Africa at courtesy of Robert Brunt. Uh, some food for thought indeed. This has been the Market Update. We're back at 6 o'clock tomorrow at 6.30 now and time for Game Plan.